on Facebook Live. We are live on YouTube on Comedy Schools. We are live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. And what is it that we're live? We are live with Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizic. It's the Saturday Night Special Event Edition. Uh, not too much special about it besides the fact that we do it on a uh, different time than uh, we normally do it because normally coming to you every day at 2 p.m. Arizona time, Mountain Standard Time, actually right now Pacific Time, coming to you every day at 2 p.m. But on Saturday nights, once a week, we come to you at 7 p.m. And that's where we are right now. We are your daily distraction from all the weirdness, anger, anxiety, and hoopla going on in the world today. Um, got a good show for you tonight. I, uh, I'm a little wiped out today. I don't know if I look tired. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, if you've never seen me before, you would go, I can't tell. Uh, if you haven't seen me in years, you'd go, well, he looks different than he used to. Uh, if you saw me yesterday and you saw me today or you saw me Monday, you see me now, you might go, he looks a little tired. And I am a little tired. Uh, and there's no real particular reason for it. He just woke up. What? I just woke up from a nap. That was uh, one of my producers. I have two producers uh, with me tonight. I have my regular producer, my wife, who just happens to be my producer, Shirley Lovisic, and my guest producer, grandson Sullivan Ramirez, who yelled out to you that I just woke up from a nap. That's right. I just woke up from my old man grandpa nap. So uh, I just got a thumbs up from Shirley Visick. Somehow I think that that's from uh, Sullivan Ramirez instead. Okay, so uh, good show for you tonight. First off, let me start out by telling you, th- thanking anyone who tuned in last night and watched the ComedySchools.com uh, uh, Class Clowns Comedy Showcase. This is the longest-running comedy showcase in the greater Phoenix area. We have been doing this show. It's probably the longest-running show in Arizona. Now, going on 20 years, every five weeks or so, we put on uh, what some people would call a graduation showcase, but really, there's so many people involved with this workshop right now who have been involved in the comedy scene for multiple years, that it's not really a graduation, it's just a culmination of a whole new group of work. And we had one last night, and it was free for anybody to watch it, and we're going to have one uh, later on in early September, too, on Zoom. Uh, And you're going to want to stay tuned to this particular show in the coming weeks to find out when you can... Uh, be able to get the passcode to be able to see that show for free. It's a free show that we do every five or six weeks. We're going to do it for you again. A great show last night. I can't say 15 different comics, all doing uh, four hours and 38 minutes. Uh, matter of fact, the show just is really still going on right now. Now, 15 comics and yours truly entertaining uh, up to at one point like 75 folks, which is pretty good for a Zoom show, to be honest with you. It's pretty darn good for a Zoom show. So we had a great time last night. Uh, we'll have another one coming up soon. Uh, coming up in August, some fun things in August are one live show. We do a live show, live in-person show about every five weeks. We got one coming up in Glendale, Arizona, August 9th. August 9th at 4 p.m., an afternoon show. An afternoon show uh, at Stir Crazy Comedy Club. So many of the comedy clubs, of course, in a lot of states, they can't even open yet. Now, in this particular state, Arizona, the way some comedy clubs have figured out how to kind of be able to stay open is because they are actually restaurants uh, because of the amount of uh, liquor they sell as opposed to the amount of food they sell. So they're actually able to offer dine-in, a dine-in option, and then they're also able to offer live entertainment. But so many of them, even here in Arizona, have shut down, and that's sad. 
that's sad. It really is. Uh, they will open again. They will open again. Some are doing online stuff just like uh, we are, uh, but some are gone. But a few are still offering live entertainment. Stir Crazy Comedy Club in Glendale is only offering it on select dates right now. We are thrilled to be one of the shows that have been selected to play a date at Stir Crazy in Glendale. Um, only 40 tickets are available for this show. It's Sunday afternoon, August 9th. There will be a Zoom component to the show. We're doing hybrid shows. Some people say we were some of the very first doing paid shows on Zoom. I think some other people out of San Francisco were doing it as well. So uh, that's coming up. So in August, we'll have a live show. In August, we'll have the roast of Tony Visick. Hello, Stacey Seaman. Hello, uh, who else am I saying hi to here? Des C, Paige Hewitt, Shirley Visick, Colleen Pirtle, Lon Simmons, Tina and Mike Lawson. Hi to everyone. Uh, we're going to have a live show on Zoom. We'll have a roast to Tony Visick. That's a fun show where a bunch of my favorite comics get, to get, get together and say terrible things about me this year for the first time on Zoom. So throughout the nation, throughout the world, you'll be able to tune into one of the best roast shows you will ever witness. And I, we, we've done this show live for years. I'm going to say, I think it's better than anything you've seen on Comedy Central. It may not be as good as a Dean Martin roast, but it's as good as anything you saw on Comedy Central. We got that coming up. Also, uh, this week, our comedy workshops start again. Our comedy workshops start again. Uh, Wednesday being an advanced class. Thursday being a beginning class. If you go, man, I'm bored. I know I'm getting another stimulus check. Um, Going to have some extra money and certainly got some extra time just because I don't even have the commute I used to have. Uh, check out our comedy workshop. You might learn something. All right, this show is based on three things. It's built around three things. It's on three platforms. And it's based on three things. And so what are they? All right. It's on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. I'm like pointing to the devices. You don't know what I'm doing. It looks like I'm just being spastic. It looks like I'm doing a little workout. And a one, and a two, and a one, and a two. But uh, pointing at the laptop over there sitting next to my lovely wife, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. YouTube Comedy Schools channel. All right. 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 I'm pointing right there. And of course, you on Facebook Live. Three platforms built on three things. What are those three things? Uh, questions and comments from you, the audience. We got one here besides Stacy saying hi. Um, let's see. Uh, Des C says, so what measures have you taken to open your school safely? Well, right now, Des, that's a great question. And the answer is it's online. The answer is that right now our entire workshop is online. So I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, I don't think we can get much safer than that then it's strictly online. The uh, artists involved, the uh, prospective comics, the people who are learning, they're all in their homes or wherever they are. I don't, I'm not positive where they are because I'm not there. And I'm here in my home or my home office and we actually do the entire school online. Um, Pretty sure they know that. Yeah, what's that? No, they don't, have, they don't know that, Sullivan, because my, my grandson, Sullivan, said he's pretty sure they know that, but there was a question here, okay? It was, so what measures have you taken to open your school safely? So that's what we've done. We've moved the whole darn thing online. We are not doing in-person classes. Now, there is talk of doing classes live in October, all things being better. So you want to stay tuned for that as well. But I got to tell you, I'm really enjoying doing this whole online thing. I got to be honest. I have to be careful that I'm not becoming so comfortable with not going anywhere that when you can go where, go somewhere, I won't go anywhere. 
Are any of you experiencing that yet? Are any of you going through that yet? Are any of you now so used to not going anywhere that the thought of going anywhere makes you go, oh man, I'm going to hate when that happens. Uh, there is talk, we have been talking with uh, the Tempe Center for the Arts about beginning to offer live in-person workshops once again in October. We may or may not do that, but it's a conversation that we're having. Uh, and doing live shows there again in October. Uh, and beyond that, we will begin in October doing a live streaming show once a month from the Tempe Center for the Arts. So we're not just sitting on our butts here, all right? If we can't go anywhere, if we can't leave the house, we're going to move around the house. You want to let us go to the gym? Okay, we're going to exercise in the house. We're going to do that, okay? Can't go someplace to teach classes? We're going to teach them on Zoom. We're going to teach them online. We're constantly uh, working to... Um, we're constantly working to uh, upgrade, by the way, um, the ways that we bring you things. Uh, I bought an Ethernet cable and adapter today. I just can't get it to work yet. So that's my big, that's my big uh, uh, contribution, my, my big upgrade right now, is I'm always buying a lot of equipment that doesn't work. Let's get to the stuff. The show is built on three things. Your questions or comments right here. Uh, some... Autograph, memorabilia, book, curiosity, memento that I have laying around here in the home office. We try to build a uh, story around. And I recommend two artists or two pieces of music based on my vast and deep vinyl album collection. Here's the crazy thing. We've been doing this show now. I don't know, Cheryl, what, 150 shows, 140 shows? Do we? 129. Maybe a little more because that's based on comedy schools, radio network.com. And there's been at least three shows where it was just Facebook Live. So 130 some odd shows, seven days a week, two albums a day. Now we're not all the way through the album collection yet. But when we first started doing this, it didn't really occur to me that I would work through my entire album collection and then begin to, and then, and then have you worry. Then, ladies and gentlemen, have you worry and go, wow, he's shown us every record album, every piece of vinyl that he owns. How will he fill up the last half of the show? Not to worry, because we got plenty of CDs. By the way, we're not going to CDs yet, but I just grabbed that one there right there. That is a John Lennon uh, acoustic CD. It's a pretty good one, too. Uh, but we're not uh, talking about CDs yet. We're still in the album phase. And if we have to go to the album phase, we will. If we have to teach classes online for a year, we will. Okay, if we have to have fun, all right, without going to a lot of places, we will. Because we are undeterred, undefeated. Uh, and so far, like TikTok, we are not being banned by Donald Trump. I just got to say this. Uh, I think as a stand-up comic, as someone who has uh, toiled in the fields of free speech for uh, decade after decade, yes, Sullivan can go TikTok live. You can go TikTok live. Okay, we just got that piece of information there. Uh, as someone who has uh, toiled in the field of free speech for decades, it bothers me when I see something called cancel culture. When I see what appears to be the mob uh, 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 coming floating up out of the ether of the internet and then destroying a life or destroying a career based on something someone said at one time or another. And it makes me sad to see a really vibrant artist then come out almost like uh, in some movie I used to see about a dystopian future. To go, I realize now that my, my words and actions were actually counter-revolutionary. Uh, bothers me. 
bothers me. I can't stand it. And as someone who's gotten in trouble for what I have said, what I've done uh, over a number of years, it bothers me. But you want to talk cancel culture? The President of the United States is talking about banning an entire app. It's an app where the majority of the videos are girls dancing. No. Well, Sullivan says no. What else is on the, on TikTok then? Mm, life hacks, um, cool tricks. Cool tricks. Lots of other things. Cool tricks, girls dancing, and what else? Um, lots of other things. And lots of other things. Also. Also. There's been more votes. Um, than Donald Trump. Okay. There's, and, yeah. It, even if they do, TikTok, I think, actually say, saved the app. Just. Ah. So then I, think I don't know how you cancel a whole app. But um, what's interesting about what uh, the president's trying to do is that uh, once things were found to be patently false, terrible misinformation, uh, and slow to respond, uh, Companies like Facebook and Twitter were slow to respond, but now will on occasion take down a video that is found to be blatantly false, some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, piece of propaganda, okay? Uh, they could be right, they could be wrong. But, uh, and then uh, Donald Trump has had a couple of videos taken down. His son has had a couple of videos taken down. And then all of a sudden, Donald Trump goes, we need to regulate these companies, he wants to get rid of TikTok completely. Now, the, the rumor is that it was a group of people on TikTok who ordered tickets in advance for his Tulsa rally, making it look like there were going to be uh, 100,000 people trying to get into the rally when only 6,000 6, showed up. And it was TikTok people going online and ordering them. The rumor is that that upset him so much, and now he's talking about banning TikTok because it's a Chinese company, etc. cetera. Um, but if you want to talk about cancel culture... There's nothing that a group of people complaining about Ellen DeGeneres could do that compares to trying to ban an entire app. And I'll probably get banned for saying all of that. Hey, um, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Here's what we're going to do. We're just going to go to the music tonight, okay? Uh, hello, Lauren Molliver, by the way. Hello, Charles Kaminsky. Uh, we're going to go right to the music. We're not going to do any sort of uh, little... Um, uh, trinket or anything tonight okay we're gonna write the music i've got two albums here both of these artists we have talked about before both of these artists we have talked about before but uh these are albums of theirs we haven't talked about it. and these albums are actually bigger than the albums we have talked about so the first one of course is a the much maligned every once in a while for reasons that really don't have anything to do with the music itself a band or a group becomes a punchline. A band or a group of musicians or an artist becomes a punchline that everybody goes, oh, those guys, uh. Uh, And this group certainly became that. So this is Foghat. Right there, this is Foghat, all right? Uh, and this is a great album. It had on it, it had, uh, I Just Want to Make Love to You, Trouble Trouble, Leaving Again, Fool's Hall of Fame, Sarah Lee, that was side one. And then side two was not called side two, it was called flip side. I thought that was kind of neat. And it was uh, Highway, Killing Me, Maybelline, Hold a Hide In, and uh, Gotta Let You Know. Now, almost all of these 
are great old blues rave ups. Most of them written by uh, Willie Dixon. At least several of them Willie Dixon. Of course, Maybelline written by Chuck Berry. Foghat was one of the uh, myriad of British rock groups that sent us our own music back and then caused us after a second listen to go, this is fantastic music. The music of Howlin' Wolf and Willie Dixon and B.B. King and so many great artists of the uh, late 50s and early 60s, for the most part, that America didn't listen to because they were race records. That's what they were called, by the way, race records. Uh, albums recorded by, uh, written by and recorded by black artists, not listened to, were listened to and loved and revered in England. And all these little skinny British kids loved it and then plugged in electric guitars and ran it through wah-wah pedals and fuzz tones and created an incredible sound. By the way, when you get to uh, Howlin' Wolves, I Just Want to Make Love to You, and I believe that's a Howlin' Wolf tune, I fell in love with that tune as a 16, 17-year-old kid listening to Foghead's version of it. So if you want to listen to what British rockers did with American music and actually made it, I'm not going to say better, okay, but made it so that young American audiences went, wow, this is some of the best music we ever heard. Music that was suppressed, music that was denied, music that was pushed to the back of the record store, music that was only played on small stations and big stations wouldn't play it. All right, you go on YouTube, their version of uh, I Just Want to Make Love to You and tell me that that's not a hot little tune. Okay, now what Foghat began to get made fun of was a song that became ear candy and an earworm, and that was uh, um, what the hell was the name of that song? Not Slow Ride, Slow Ride, and it got played so often and so much, and it also came out at a time when the music was beginning to change, right around disco. So a lot of blues rockers and what blues rockers was doing was kind of falling by the wayside of popularity that Foghat started being made fun of. They probably had a, a bad contract management-wise and uh, music-wise uh, and then found themselves playing smaller and smaller venues and refused to break up, refused to quit. I remember being in Florida sometime in the late 80s and seeing a, a, a bar next to a bar that I was going to after my show and it said Foghat was playing that bar. Now, I, I didn't go in for whatever reason. But they went from playing major concert halls throughout America to playing bars too, being one of the first bands I heard of to play someone's graduation party in their backyard. So, although secretly, I got to be honest with you, what a lot, and that made them a punchline. Wow, playing graduation parties. And they probably weren't getting a lot of dough for it. A good chunk of dough, more than you and I are making tonight. But what we don't know, what you don't know, what you don't think about is some of the biggest artists in the world sometimes, and up until the pandemic, have played private parties. Sometimes you're playing for a million bucks or more. Sometimes you're playing for $100,000. Bands, musicians, and artists that are at the top of the heap, sometimes mega wealthy people throughout the world will pay mega bucks just to have them play their private organization group get-together. Foghat was one of the first that I heard of playing private parties. They became something of a punchline. But they were a great blues rock band. Once again, one of a whole host of British bands that fell in love with American music and then sent it back to its completely different... I urge you, ladies and gentlemen, I urge you to go back and check out Foghat. Check out I Just Want to Make Love to You, the old Willie Dixon tune. 
I don't want you to be no slave. I just want to make love to you. Now, this next album, ladies and gentlemen, uh, everybody kind of knows who this is. Or I think, you know, I might be at the age where I think everyone knows who someone is and they don't. But for the most part, most people you talk to, you mention this band, they go, yeah, yeah, I heard of that band. I heard of that band. Uh, but here, I believe, was their first album. This is, of course, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Okay? Steppenwolf, named after a Herman Hesse novel. Okay? Uh, this is the band when they were young. Just starting out. Young men being oh so serious. Yes, sir. I can't hear you. Hold on. I can't hear you. Uh Hold on, I'm getting something from the producer here. What is it? I don't want to say it out loud. You don't want to say it out loud. All right, well, tell me after the show, okay? All right. Or when you have your earphones off. When I have my earphones off. Well, I won't have them off while the show's on. Maybe, maybe not. All right. And the show's almost over. Um, Steppenwolf. All right. This was their first album. All right. And they were considered... Uh, one of the great rock bands of the era. On this album, <coughs> excuse me, Sookie Sookie, everywhere, which is written by a guy named uh, Don Covey, and I don't know who that is. Everybody's Next One, written by John Kay, who was the lead singer of Steppenwolf. Jury Rides Again, written by John Kay. Hoochie Coochie Man, a Willie Dixon tune. But just to give you an idea of how prevalent and how loved those chess records guys were. We just talked about Foghat. All right, in the early 70s, these guys, late 60s, doing a Willie Dixon tune. Okay, Hoochie Coochie Man. Uh, Your Wall's Too High by John Kay. Desperation by John Kay. Girl I Knew by John Kay. Take What You Need by John Kay. The Ostrich by John Kay. But the two songs that became anthems, one became an anthem. Okay, one was The Pusher. There's a song in here called The Pusher. And The Pusher was written by Hoyt Axton. Hoyt Axton was a great singer-songwriter out of Oklahoma, like so many great singer-songwriters. Leon Russell, J.J. Kale, long list. Uh, Hoyt Axton wrote, uh, I've never been to Spain. Well, I've never been to Spain, but I've been to Oklahoma. He also wrote, uh, Mama Told Me Not to Come. No, 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 I'm sorry, that was Shel Silverstein. Uh, he also wrote songs for Three Dog Night, and he wrote this song. He wrote, Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog. Hoyt Axton did, became an actor, okay? Kind of a big, kind of heavy set guy, kind of looked like the kind of guy to work on your car at a gas station someplace in the Midwest, but a great songwriter. And he wrote The Pusher, and The Pusher had a great hook to it. It just went, pretty much over and over while John Kay then belted out the lyrics, which were, it was a strong anti drug song. And the hook, they went over and over was a uh, god damn god damn the pusher man i said god damn over and over and over and it became a huge controversy because when radio stations played the song they got huge fines because of the language but sometimes late at night back in the wild and woolly days of fm radio when fm radio was truly pirate radio when they thought no one was listening when fm radio was not the main way that people listen to music and got news, but AM radio was, and FM radios were uh, cheap. Colleges and other people started uh, 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 broadcasting rock music 
on FM stations that became monsters. And sometimes late at night, some crazy DJ, a man might get in trouble, but who's listening at 3 o'clock in the morning? Going to play The Pusher by Steppenwolf. So that song became a cause celebrate. Anti-drug song with the word goddamn in it. But the big song from this album was Born to be Wild. Born to be Wild was one of those songs that starts out with an incredible rim shot, just like Like a Rolling Stone does by, uh, uh, by uh, Bob Dylan, okay, and then just takes off from there. Born to be Wild became a monster hit. Everybody loved it, and then it became an anthem for a generation. Later on, it became an anthem for those of that generation who became motorcycle gang members and then became more right-wing in their thinking but still held on to a lot of uh, uh, the paraphernalia of the counterculture as the ethos, the ethic, the ideas, the philosophies that formed the counterculture in the mid to late 60s began to go away. The hair hung around, the clothes hung around, and the music hung around. For some reason, when we think of great mid to late 60s rock bands, all those, uh, they still play that? Thank you very much. When we think of all the bands that came post-Beatles and then began wild exploration of an entire genre, Steppenwolf has somewhat fallen by the wayside. Steppenwolf did not remain as revered as uh, Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd or many of the British bands did. For some reason, a lot of the American bands did not have the same nostalgic staying power that those bands did for whatever reason. Uh, interesting thing about John Kay and Steppenwolf, John Kay was legally blind. Raised in Germany, I think he's an American who was raised in Germany, father was a military guy, legally blind. He always looked so cool on television, on the albums, because he always wore those sunglasses. He always wore sunglasses, and he looked very hip and cool, but he was wearing them because he was legally blind. But what a singer, what a voice, what a song. So go back, if you've got a good sound system, if you've got a good sound system, Listen to Born to Be Wild through it and just listen to how well produced and how tight it is. And the drum beat in it is just a little different than what was the standard drum beat at the time. And you will have heard something really special, really cool. So the two songs we're recommending today uh, were huge hits in their time with bands that kind of fell by the wayside only a few short years after these songs came out. One being I Just Want to Make Love to You by Foghat and the other one being Born to Be Wild by Steppenwolf. You'll really kind of capture a late 60s era, and then a, mid, uh, a mid-70s a mid era, or early, early 70s to mid-70s era, all right? One band, Steppenwolf, rode that crest for a while with other big hits. Foghat, a couple years after I Just Want to Make Love With You, began to fall out of favor, all right? But just because they fell out of favor doesn't mean they weren't great. And just because they fell out of favor doesn't mean that you can listen to the songs and if they're new to you again, really be able to capture the vitality and excitement and energy and creativity that these young guys put in to these songs, all right? And I want you to put energy and excitement and vitality into whatever you do tonight, tomorrow, the next day, the next day after that, okay? There is no limit to the theater of the mind. There is no limit to the power of your imagination. So if you are not traveling far physically, you could travel light years with your mind. Sometimes times like this can be some of the most creative times in the world, ladies and gentlemen. Times like this, when we are not so busy with so many distractions 
of driving and drinking and dancing and running around and going uh, hither and yon, you know, and going about, uh, what is the phrase from the Bible when God asked the devil what he'd been doing? And I think it was going hither and yon on the face of the earth. I'm going to look it up and tell you tomorrow. So many of us spinning around like whirling dervishes, whirling devils. Now, our lives are a little simpler, a little slower, and a little more compact. And during that time, that's the time to really open up your heart, your eyes, your mind, your soul. And while you do it, listen to some great late 60s and early 70s rock and roll. All right, that's our show for today. We're going to go right now. We've got a, a date with a frozen yogurt company. Uh, we're going to do that. We're going to put on hazmat suits and go get some frozen yogurt. Say goodbye, Sullivan. There we go. Bye. Yes. All right. We will see you all later. We will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain. Get that out of my face. 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. <laughs> on Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye.